Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Is after one week, it's me, Raheel. Me, Raheel. What? Me, Noor. My brother, Raheel. Hello, hello. Is that is this how I have to talk to you now? Okay, let me tell you something. Okay, you don't have to talk to me that way. But I learned while in London that I do not understand English people. Oh, really? Yeah. We we took a, a cab, right, uh, from the airport, from Heathrow to center of London. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy in the cab, it was all I caught from him was, hello, love. And then <laughs> I was like, I have no idea what this man is saying the entire time. Were, I was like, wow, the you... English really do talk different than Americans. <laughs> they speak English funny. Uh, were you charmed by the British accent? Were you like, oh, this is fancy. This is sophisticated. No. <laughs> of course not. I wasn't charmed by... They're just regular people? Yeah, they're just regular people, man. They're just regular, <laughs> regular people. And I'm going to go ahead and say this, which is like a lot coming from somebody who's from the New York, New Jersey, tri-state area. Mm-hmm. The English kind of mean did you feel that they were mean or that they were just to the point because I think that's the thing right there did you feel like they were making fun of you or did they not have time no 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 it's mean in a different way it's like Mm -hmm. uh and by the way we do have English listeners some of whom were very kind uh, when they found out that I was going to London, a couple mm-hmm. people wanted to meet up. Listen, I'm going to tell you guys about my trip. There was no space for me to meet up with anybody. <laughs> this trip was an adventure. <laughs> it was not what I thought it was going to be. Um, but like, we have really great, really, really lovely listeners. A bunch of them gave me really good like recommendations to of where to go with the kids. I would have loved to go to those places with my kids. It just 
like was impossible. Um, but uh, the people, the thing with the people of London that I discovered was that they're not mean in the way that they're to the point. They're actually passive aggressively nice. Oh, there's a lot of like niceties that don't feel like they're real. Like yeah. it's a lot of like, it's a lot of like you're doing a lot and you're saying all the right things, but there is such coldness in the way that you're saying it. Like you're not connecting with me. Like you're saying things, but I don't think that you mean those things. I think you're saying all the kind words, but none of those kind words have any warmth behind them. Yeah, that's tough. Um, it it kind of sounds like, uh, have you heard of Minnesota nice? Not to alienate people from Minnesota, but that's... <laughs> you are not being nice to the people of Minnesota. I it's just want to say it. I'm not the one that you came are- up with the term. It's it's a term. It's it's also called Midwestern nice, but it's commonly known as Minnesota nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not co-signing this. I thought but yeah, me. it's kind of not- like, yeah, or it's like... It's like Southern nice. Like a lot of people from the South also, I feel like have that of like, you're saying all the right things, but Mm -hmm. you don't actually mean it. Like it's a lot of like that stuff, which which is like, I think also hard for me because I feel like in New Jersey, New York, we are not passive aggressive. We're just aggressive aggressive. Mm -hmm. So I feel like for us, it's just like, like I'm not going to give you a single fuck and you're going to know it with my face, you're going to know it with my tone, you're going to know it with my body language. I'm going to give you, like, I will be to the point with you. I feel like when you're from, like, the East Coast here. I feel like over here, that aggression or that aggressive-aggressive is actually a form of love, right? Because it's like, oh, you know, there's no formalities here. Just going to tell you to go... There's no formalities. No. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. I don't need to be tickling your balls to tell you (laughs) that I love you. Like, I, it's fine. We, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Okay. Anyway, um, listen, I just got back from the airport six hours, mm-hmm. f- five hours ago. Okay. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Remember before, before, remember the last episode I did with you? I was like, all this travel anxiety. And I was like, what the fuck is the point? Like, yeah. I should just cancel it. Like, I, and you were like, no, things are going to be really good. Like, <laughs> when has th- have things gone badly for <laughs> you? Like, you're just freaking out. It's fine. And guess what? Things went very badly on this trip. Uh, um, I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought of that often as uh, as you were <laughs> describing. I was like, "Oh, remember when I was telling you everything is gonna work out perfectly?" And it did not. It went terribly. No, but you still had a good time, right? Like, are, do you regret going on this trip? It's too soon for you to ask me that question and me not answer it with like a lot of emotions. Cause right mm-hmm. now, five hours from of from like of being home, right? Yeah. Of like this seven, eight days of traveling that like went pretty bad. Um mm-hmm. and listen, I'm gonna say it went pretty bad, but like God bless my life that I can afford this life and that I got to go on vacation and like not give a fuck about work and like be traveling the world with my children. Like I recognize that this is coming with so much privilege. Um, It's gross. But like, but (laughs) frankly, it's offensive. (laughs) Um, But like, I just, I came home and I took a shower in my bathroom 
And I was just so happy. I was like, I fucking love my house. I'm never leaving it again. Uh, it's just because you were tired, I'm sure. I'm sure when you think back, you're going to think back about all those memories that you made with uh, your kids and your in-laws and our mother. And you'll be like, oh, you know what? What a time. What a time I had. Now, what? where should I start with where things went wrong? I think, listen, this is your trip. Why don't you just highlight the the things that you want to highlight about your trip? I don't know if we have to necessarily start off with things going wrong. I'm sure a lot of things went right. <laughs> okay, fine, 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 fine. Okay, here's what went right. Okay, here's what went right. Our hotel accommodations, lovely. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. nice. Uh, shout out to, they don't care. This is not nope. sponsored. But I stared nope. at the Claremont at Charing Cross, which is right by Trafalgar Square. And it was lovely. It was by Covent Garden. It was, uh, is it Covent Covent? I don't know. I have no idea. But it was lovely. It was so Mm -hmm. nice. The hotel was really nice. The accommodations were lovely. We had this concierge, Andre, who saved our life, basically. He was (laughs) like, it was just so, they were lovely. That went really well. We had some delicious meals. I did go to Dishoom. And mm-hmm. it was all it's cracked up to be. It was really good. I was I was going in there thinking it was going to be not good. It was great. I will say what I didn't love was the jai. Their jai had like lavender in it. And I was like, <laughs> jai doesn't need this. Um, but it was great. That was lovely. Um, you know, I hate to be a cheese ball, but we spent like four hours at Madame Tussaud. Tussaud. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It was the best. <laughs> was like like i'm sure the people from london who are listening are like are you fucking kidding me we're like one of the oldest cities in the world 2000 okay? years of history and you're getting excited 2000 looking at like a wax figure of, of harry styles zendaya <laughs> <laughs> they don't even have harry styles there which i was like that's hilarious harry styles did not make it to, to- you went all the way to london to see a wax figure of zendaya <laughs> So offensive. No, my kids had a great time there, um, mm-hmm. and the you know the food was great uh, for the most part. It was like everything we ate in London was really yummy. Um, it was it was great. It was that that stuff was great. What was not great is that the weather ended up being histor- like historically the worst weather London has seen in a really long time. They were like, it really? never snows here. It snowed the entire time. And like not – it's like not regular snow. It's not like sweet, soft snow. It's windy, wet, cold snow. Oh, it's aggressive snow. Like sleety snow? It's the gr- Everything is just a sleety mush snow. And you're like, is it rain? Is it snow? I don't know what this is. I just – I'm so cold. It was so cold the entire time. And then, you know, the issue was that because I was traveling, like my kids are fine. My kids, we can bundle them the fuck up and take them places. But because we were traveling with elders, we didn't want to have to make them, you know, sit through um, any or like walk through any of the cold. And after a while, like it was hurting my joints. So I was like, it's probably fucking miserable on theirs uh, after a little mm-hmm. while. Um, our mom almost got pickpocketed by Buckingham Palace. <laughs> Ooh, but the palace tried to pickpocket her? <laughs> Haven't they done enough? <laughs> Have they got we saw enough? the changing. Yeah, we saw the changing of the guards, by the way. Oh. Yeah. 
they really know how was to walk. It they know it wasn't. I was like, okay, March, 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 it- March, March, and then I was like, I wish that there was somebody here to like tell me what's going on. Like, could somebody narrate this? Could you make an announcement? You know, I wish that there was like a an MC that accompanied the changing of the guards, but there was no MC. Yeah. It was fine. It was very the- cold. There's got to be like a reason for why they do every move that they do, right? When they're doing all those steps and stuff. Yes, like and there was nobody something. there to ex- exactly. Okay, so there's St. James Palace and then there's Buckingham Palace and they're like around mm-hmm. the corner from each other and basically what happens is they literally switch guards, right? Mm. And so you have they walk down from Buckingham Palace, get into St. James Palace courtyard, do a little stomp, stomp, stomp. A couple of people from the front go to the back of the palace and then they come back and then a bunch more people from the front of the line go to the back and then they all leave. And then, the, you know, the guards, especially in the winter, I guess, they sit in these boxes, literally looks mm-hmm. like toy soldiers, right? <laughs> and so the guard, guards that are in those boxes, they come out and for like three minutes, they just marched up to each other turned around and marched away and i was like are you going to kiss nobody (laughs) kissed and then they do that and then they go back in and i was like i'd love for somebody to explain to me what's going on here but it was like fine the kids loved it they had a great time Mm -hmm. um but then our mom almost got pickpocketed um this lady tried to yank at it like her little crossbody bag and open up her zipper and Ami like saw her hand and Ami turned around and said, excuse me. And the lady was like, hee hee and then walked away. Cause that's apparently a thing that pickpocketers do. Like if you, if you can, which leads to a story that happened to us in France later. Mm-hmm. But if you just scream at them, they just kind of shoo away. Cause they don't want the embarrassment of being caught pickpocketing. You know, they're like, yeah. I'm doing this on the sly. A good pickpocketer never shows never gets caught right yeah exactly so that happened um and then yeah we just had yeah as like a pickpocketer because you're like co-workers right so like a pickpocketer is doing their job and then you as a pickpocketee as a person being robbed from um within that interaction if a pickpocketer you catch a pickpocketer and then it's like you know game recognized game you know what I mean? Like, it's just that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We went to the Tower of London where we saw all the jewels that were stolen from our people. Um, That was nice. Uh, But the mm-hmm. Tower of London has a, like, a cafe, right? And you're, like, thinking yeah. it's going to be, like, the fucking, you know, like, whatever, regular little cafeteria in, like, a yeah. fucking, you know, Liberty Science Center over here. No. Yeah. So nice. <laughs> So nice. I was like, wow, okay. Fine, you can nice. steal our jewels. Because you're doing a really – like, I felt like it was, like, the nicest. They had baked, freshly baked goods. They had, like, Victorian sponge cake. It was so fucking good. Like, they really got the baked goods right. No, it wasn't even that expensive. Um, So that was nice. And then we, like, walked around the tower – of the tower bridge which was cool we took a boat from that end of the city to big ben and then we went into so there's like apparently like two pubs by the uh by parliament that have fish and chips so we just went to the first one that was there and i was like looking around at some of like the cartoons on the wall and stuff because there's a lot of like newspaper clippings and stuff i was like some of this seems a little bit offensive 
And then, I, and then I Googled it. And I think that's the pub that all the conservative party people go to to eat uh, their lunches. And then there's mm-hmm. another one that the other, the Labor Party, I guess, goes to. But nice. we ended up accidentally being in the conservative one. But we had fish and chips. And I know you are anti-seafood. Nope. No, thank you. But it was Nothing. good. I was like, this is pretty good. I could do this once in my life. Just once? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. It was good. It was like, you know what? It was fresh. It tasted good. The chips are bomb. You know, it was lovely. I had like a full London experience with that. With the chips, because I'm only interested in the chips. The fish can go fuck itself. Um, (laughs) Were the chips better than other chips that you've had? Or are they just, it's just fried potato, right? Yeah, but you know it's not like chip. It's not, no, but you know it's not like a a potato chip, like American potato Uh, chip. Not, not like, not like Pringles, but it's just like a regular potato chip. It's like a, like a potato medallion. No, 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 no. It's a big fat French fry. Oh. I didn't yeah. Know and it's very good. It's better than a French fry, I would say. Be- better than a um, French yeah, fry. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. Better than a regular French fry. For me, because I have room in my stomach always for French fries. Mm-hmm. And... It was lovely to have it because they're fat and like they're crispy, but they're also light. It's very good. Um, so like we had a nice time. We walked past 10 Downing. There was a line oh. of people trying to get in and there was security there because I think there was an event that night with the with our not our guy, but India's guy and UK's yeah. guy, Rishi Sunak. Yeah. Um, so it was like lovely. Like that stuff was nice. And that was like our our first day. We what do I don't even remember what we did there first. Oh, our first day we we rode the London Eye. We went there. We walked around there. We went to Dishoom for lunch. We or for dinner. And the second day we went to Tower of London. We went to walk to Big Ben. We like did all that stuff. And then the third day, I was like, this is going well. Things are looking up. We saw the changing of the guards. It got a little too cold. Our mom almost got pickpocketed. And we were like, we're going to take the hop on, hop off bus to Tower uh, to Madame Tussauds and then ride the bus through the city and relax. We're having a lovely day. Fine. We spent several hours at this museum. We're going to go back to our hotel, relax a little bit, and go get some like Pakistani food. Well, we get a notification that day from Eurostar, which is the company that does the train from London to Par- to France. To Paris mm-hmm. and other parts of Europe, that the French are in a strike, and they there's a rail strike. There's a it's one of it's like historically one of the biggest strikes that France has ever had, and they've canceled all the trains to Paris. And the problem was that we had already paid for our Paris hotel, and it was non refundable. And our flight out of Europe back to New New Jersey was out of Paris, so we were like, mm-hmm. fuck. Yeah. So we got back to our hotel and Andre, our concierge, helped us. And he was like, the only solution you have is you could take a bus, which right now is going to be like somewhere close to $350 pounds per person because everyone's going to yeah. be trying to get on that bus. Also, the bus is like 10 hours. Um, or I can get you a private driver and he can drive you from the hotel, pick you up from the hotel and get you to your hotel. And I was wow. like. How much is that going to cost? And it costs just as much as you would think it would cost you to have a personal man come and pick you up from a hotel and drive you to fucking Paris from London. 
A lot. I won't be going on another vacation this year because of this emergency <laughs> cost. It was a lot. Uh, we had to wake up like our entire one entire dra- like originally our 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 train to Paris was supposed to be getting us to Paris like around five or six. Mm-hmm. And it was only going to be a two and a half hour train ride. Right. So we were going to have like another almost full day in London. And I was like going to do an afternoon tea with like our mom and my mother in law. Had to scratch all of that because we had to be out of our hotel and in a car at 7 a.m. Now, at this point, I was like, Andre seems like a pretty good guy here at this hotel. But who is he? Who is this man that he is hiring? He was like the night before. And Andre was like this like very nice guy. He's like Italian. And he was like, listen, if you want help, you have to tell me right now. I'll call the guy right now and he'll do the job. And I was like, the job. <laughs> um, so remember, you told us in our in our uh, family group that yes. this was happening. Yeah. And then, like, you sent one message at like two a.m. I received it at two a.m. And it just said, "Pray for us." And I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> I was like, "Oh no!" And then you told me, you you know, you told us that you were taking the car, and I was like, "Oh man, they're gonna get taken." Um, and then I went to sleep. I was like, you know what? There's really nothing I can do. I can kind of just hope for the best. No sense in me staying up. You know, I can't do anything for me. And then I got up and I got some nice videos of you guys in the car. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's nice. And then in my head, I imagined the guy looked in the back and he's like, this is too many people for me to kidnap. I'm, <laughs> I, I am a single kidnapper. I need, I have a whole family here. Too many people. I'll be honest. Our mother is constantly making videos and narrating them like she is a YouTuber. And so who is she narrating those videos to? I don't know. But I feel like the guy was probably like, I'm I'm good. Like, it's not worth it. Not worth it. Not worth it. (laughs) Not worth it. Those videos are already on some. This is my kidnapper. Say hi. (laughs) You know those videos, like those memes of like, I would if I got kidnapped, they would like drop me off immediately because I won't shut the fuck up about X, Y, and Z. Like people mm-hmm. say, like I won't shut up about housewives or whatever. Like our mom would like nobody would want to kidnap her, bless her, but nobody would. They'd be like, "That's too much." Just like one knee is on the fritz, like it's not worth it. <laughs> it's too much work. Um, mm-hmm. And that guy was probably like, you know what? She's probably made a bunch of videos already and sent him on like seventeen WhatsApp groups. So for yeah. it at this point. Um, no, but it was actually fine. It was cool. Like we drove from London to Folkestone. And then in Folkestone, there's this thing called the Euro Tunnel. And it mm-hmm. essentially is still through the, you know, the the ch- the channel tunnel, mm-hmm. which is the same thing that takes the train through. And so you literally drive your car into a train. Like it looks like a little train, tra- like a trailer. And then you park your car, put it in neutral and turn it off. And then the train, it like the boxes transport underground into France. You just kind of like, you just kind of like feel the car kind of like wobbling about, but like, that's it. And then you can kind of see out the window from like the sides of like going underwater and then that's it. And then Mm -hmm. it's dark. And the next thing you know, bonjour, motherfuckers, you're in France. (laughs) How long is that portion of it? 35 minutes dude really why don't they have that in new york like i don't understand why we still are doing bridges and tunnels through lincoln and holland and george when we could be doing this it would take like five seconds 
Well, I mean, technically, we are going under the water when it's we go not, uh, in the Lincoln Tunnel. It's not. It's just not as cool. You yeah. know the the fun part about this is knowing your husband. I bet you he was like imagining like a Mission Impossible action scene <laughs> yeah. in his head. Oh, yes. Yeah, he probably Adorable. was. Adorable. And then, um, yeah, then we drove from Calais to Paris, and that took like three and a half, four hours. And I took a nap. Mm -hmm. I opened my eyes, and we got to our hotel, which was right next to the Eiffel Tower. And once we got to Paris, it got better. Things got significantly better. The first day in Paris was really cold. um, But we, because we were so close to the Eiffel Tower, everything felt magical while we were there. And I think for me, I felt more comfortable there because we had already been to Paris before. So I kind of like knew my way around. Mm-hmm. And so that was nice. Um, the day we went to the, up the Eiffel tower, it was really cold. So we didn't get to go all the way up to the top, but it was still like good. And then we wanted to do it that day. Cause the weather was showing that the next day it was going to be even colder and snow. And so the tower would likely be closed altogether. Mm-hmm. Guess what? The next day, a beautiful fucking day. <laughs> But it was fine. We like went to the Louvre. We got on a boat. It was fine. We went to the Champs Elysees, and you know that was fine. The kids nice. drove me crazy. It was okay. What was it like uh, going through the entire? Because you saw a lot of the country then, right? Both yeah. Yeah. Uh, England and France. Now Is that magical. In the UK, it felt like I was just on a highway because that's really oh. all it was. Um, and it was raining the entire time, and I was tired, and I didn't really even bother looking. Once we got to France, it was, like, better weather, and it was green as fuck. And it was really mm-hmm. lovely. Like, the first few, like, passages of, like, green landscape that we drove through, I was like, my God, this is beautiful, right? But then later on, I was like, I guess this is a lot like when you drive to upstate New York. Like, it's a lot like when you're driving to Rochester, you know, like, from New Jersey. Yeah. You're like, green hills. Like, Okay. Yeah, it's nice. I'm 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 glad that this exists in the world, and I'm glad I got to see it for 20 seconds. But I'm yeah. kind of over it. For three and a half hours. Go by <laughs> yourself. Show me something else, God. Impress me. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it sounds I sound like a lot more of a Debbie Downer than it really was. But you know, by the mm-hmm. end, it just I I will say one of the things that like made me sad is that uh, the realization that our mom is getting very old, and I think that. Like, both of us had that realization, she and I, and because Mm -hmm. I am a uh, lunatic, I don't think that Mm -hmm. I gave myself enough time to, like, think about that. I think I was, like, too in my feelings about it. So I think that, like, part of my annoyance on the trip was, like, not dealing with the fact that, like, she is almost 70, and this is the best that she can do right now, you know? Um. So I think like I've got some stuff to unpack in therapy there, but yes. um, but the kids had a great time. Like I thought they would were fucking miserable, but I mm-hmm. asked them. I was like, "What was your favorite thing?" And they rattled off like six things that they loved between London and Paris. So I was like, "All right, well, I guess it was just me." That's beautiful. No, because uh, I've gotten feedback from our mother, and she had the time of her life. She had a great yeah. time. She was yeah. so happy about everything that uh, she experienced. Uh, she was so grateful for all of the amenities and the hotel rooms and all this other stuff. She's just had a great time. Um, I think I think you're the problem here. I, I know. <laughs> I think I it's am. Like, 
you mentioned that you realize that she's getting older. What about that? Uh, well, not about what about that makes you sad because we don't we don't have the time for that. <laughs> we don't have time um, for that. Nope. Is it just the physical stuff that you see? Do you see her getting older mentally? Do you what's what's the part that stuck out to you more? I think what I think that I thought that our mom was a lot cooler than she is. Um, <laughs> it was like very obvious how uncool she is sometimes. Where I'm like, oh god, this is so cringe. Um, I feel very much like a 13 year old sometimes uh, mm. who's like annoyed, but also I think like just yeah, like just how old she's getting, like the physical yeah. physical weakness of a parent. And it just kind of like it's one of those things where you're like, man, I'm so grateful that like I'm an adult and I get to take my mom to do cool things that like yeah. this is like why the fuck else do we work, right? Like if not to give our family the best of everything or ourselves these experiences. So it was like great, but it was like I wish I could have done this for her like 10 years ago, but I couldn't cuz I didn't have mm-hmm. that kind of money. Um yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. We don't, we, don't, we, don't have, we don't have to talk about that right now. I'm, I have too many feelings. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Well, I will just say, I mean, we, we can get off of this. But, um, you know, whether it was 10 years ago or whether it was this month, I think her gratitude and her, you know, her, the, the thankfulness that she has for you doing that is the same, right? I think yeah. from, from her, all the feedback is that it was a time of her life, right? So you know like how do you enjoy things how do you enjoy something right is there it's just the 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 time that you spend so she got to do less things probably now than she would have been able to do before it doesn't mean that like every moment of it wasn't awesome because she got to spend it with you guys she also posted a bunch of videos on facebook of things that she was not present at because she was resting in the hotel. And I was like, you fucking oh, really? phony. Yeah, I love her. But she was she she posted a video of like the Eiffel Tower at night and it was like a mm. night in Paris. And I was like, bitch, you weren't even there. <laughs> now you're exposing her. <laughs> poor lady. No, it's fine. She was kind of there. I mean, we saw the stupid tower every single night outside of our hotel room, so it's fine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, she how, was there. How, it was like, a night. She was an evening, and she was there in Paris, so it's fine. It counts. Technically true. Technically true. Yes. Anyway, what did I miss this week in pop culture? What did you miss in pop culture? Well, there's a lot tonight. Tonight's the Oscars, which yeah, one year anniversary of uh, Le Slap Le Slap the event that almost uh, um, uh, drove a hole in our relationship <laughs> what relationship <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is uh, tonight um, and then obviously the Chris Rock special did you watch it I know your husband watched it yeah I mean he watched it so it was on in our house and I was uh, I think packing and so I watched a little bit of it and look, um, it was just like very obvious that Chris Rock is an old man now. Like speaking of like people are aging, I was like, okay, yeah. he's like, you know, almost 60 and it was just very much old man gets on stage and yells about things. Right. And I think that like, I have to remember that. His vibe always was like man gets on stage and yells about things, right? But I think this time because of the things he was yelling about, I was like, these are 
jokes on Facebook. Like, these are not necessarily – like, of course, when he delivers it, it's still hilarious. It's still like – Yeah. Okay. It's still like it, – it comes with his Chris Rock charm, if you want to call it. Like, yeah. it, it comes with his, like, uh, stage presence and stuff. But a lot of it, I was like, these aren't – I'm, I think I only heard a couple of things that like made me go, okay, that's like a fresh thought that I think that I have not heard before on the internet. So yeah. I think like, and I was in and out of it, so I wasn't like fully paying attention. But, you know, I did watch like the towards the end of it where he did talk about the Will Smith thing. And I felt so bad for him that he fucked up one of the jokes. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I just... I was like, I'm glad that you get to have this stage and you get to, like, talk about your thing. Um, And it's interesting because I think, like, people, young people who don't understand the big deal about Chris Rock are like, oh, he got got the special because he got slapped. And I'm like, no, he got the special (laughs) because he's fucking Chris Rock, dude. Like, it's not about that. And I think that for a lot of people, they're hearing these jokes and they feel like he's out of touch and they feel like, who is this man and why is he up there? But I think that what people don't realize is that, like, before the Internet, people were celebrities in ways that, like, you don't understand. Like, yes, now Chris Rock feels like an out of touch old man screaming on stage. But if Chris Rock didn't exist, we wouldn't have, like, a lot of other really amazing black entertainers and comedians, right? Yeah. However you feel about him now, he's not really for me now. Just like, unfortunately, Dave Chappelle isn't really for me now. But these people existed so that young people who have more progressive thoughts can actually get on stage and have those progressive thoughts, right? Like, mm-hmm. they paved the way for a lot of that. So I was just like, I was like, okay, <laughs> like, you get to, you earn the right to get up on stage and make these jokes that I don't necessarily think are funny, but you're still fucking Chris Rock, so. Eh. Yeah. And did you did you feel a certain way about the Will Smith part of it, the last 10 minutes of it? No. Did you? I, I feel the same way about the Will Smith part of it as I felt <laughs> the same way about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. I was like, oh. this is a beef between two people and I don't really care. I just am going to take out, like, I'm like, okay, this is, like, I'm flabbergasted that these things are happening. I Mm -hmm. don't, but I don't necessarily, like, I don't have a, you know, a pony in this this race. Like, I I think that it's a beef between two people. I I don't love that he still continued to go at Jada. Mm -hmm. But those, all the things he was saying about... Jada were things again that people said on Twitter right after the slap happened, right? Like yeah. the one thing he said that cracked me up was just saying that I still hear summertime in my ear, right? Like <laughs> I still ring in my ear. That shit yeah. was really funny. But like I just don't necessarily think that like I I didn't love that he was going after her, whatever. But I guess that's like his right to do that because he got slapped by this man like what do i care so what who cares (laughs) yeah i had a a lot of feelings uh watching it um you know i i think that it's it's kind of unfortunate it's it's weird man like um as you know i'm i've been team chris rock in this whatever you want to call it because i thought what happened to him was like crazy 
Like that's mm-hmm. like out of bounds. It's completely insane. Um, and the the thought that I had when I was watching, especially like that last part, um, was, and I don't know if this is something that people, maybe it's like a like a male thing, um, but like when that slap happened, right? The 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 one feeling that I felt bad about was like how humiliating it mm-hmm. must have been to get slapped on on stage, right? It was mm-hmm. like he was like emasculated. Mm-hmm. you know because he got hit and that's a big thing like that causes trauma that mm-hmm. that fucks you up it really yeah. really does yeah. um so then when chris rock was calling will smith a bitch you know in saying that he wasn't calling him a bitch everybody else was calling him a bitch and then he brought up the he brought up the part about jada having an affair even though mm-hmm. that's like public knowledge or whatever mm-hmm. it was like okay this is how chris rock attempts to emasculate will smith you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's unfortunate that he used that avenue to do Mm -hmm. the emasculation that he's still Mm -hmm. you know he's listen we know when you're talking about another man's wife sleeping with somebody else you are saying something about the man right that is some and that's some backwards ass thinking that you know it's going to take a long time for us to get over but that's what i was like okay well if this is the way that he feels that he needs to get back at Will Smith, then I guess that's it. It's not my favorite that that's where it ended, but now I think it's it's Case even closed. now at least. Case tap, closed. tap tap tap. Yeah. <laughs> Case finished. That's it. Yeah, and I think I think one year is like the appropriate time for this story, for like yeah. the craziness of the story, for it to be in the news and all this other stuff. So. Yeah, it's let's okay. just move on. Yeah, let's just move it's on. Just, it it does make me sad that it I felt it feels like it was just structurally wrong. Because like there's a lot of good stuff in the special, I thought, but mm-hmm. nobody's gonna be talking about any of the good stuff, right? It's like because the last ten minutes are all anybody cares about. All anybody yeah. cares about is like Will uh, Chris Rock getting back at Will Smith and talking about Jada. Oh, he really stopped him and because that's just the way that people are. That's what we want to talk about because it's exciting, right? But like, there's this like in the middle of it, there's a story about like Chris Rock talking about his daughters and he's talking about his mom and he's talking about how his mom, like the time that she grew up yeah. in America, she yeah. used to go to a veterinarian when she had teeth trouble, right? Yeah. Because that's just the way, that's the way that Because there was no was. dentist for black people, yeah. Ex- exactly. And and then he tells a story about how now she goes and she visits her granddaughter in Paris. Yeah. And that is like that's an amazing story. That's a beautiful story. That's what people should be talking about. Yeah. But instead, like the lasting image that we're gonna have from this special is him calling Will Smith and Jada a bitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's 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 just sad. It's sad. Yeah. I wish it was the other way around. Because I think that's kind of what he was going after, right? He was like, Okay, there's a lot of things that are kind of in the mix is like a racial component that's in the mix because so the way that I watched the special, like I, I watched it the night that it came out, but I was like following some stuff on Twitter and I mm-hmm. saw the ending and he talked about like, um, you know, I grew up with parents. I was raised by parents and they taught me not to talk, not to fight in front of white people. Right. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe that's something that he talks about in the special because it's like this big mic drop moment at the end. Right. But when yeah. I watched it, they really I think he was like alluding to it, but he never kind of hit it on the head. 
Um, and then so when he does that bit and he says that you don't fight in, in front of white people and he does like a mic drop, I was like, well, I don't know if like the mic drop is completely earned there. You know what I mean? So, ah. well, so this is a lot of the criticism. And of course, like I'm only saying this from what I've heard from my black friends and especially black women. The criticism that, that I've heard of Chris Rock is that Chris Rock mm-hmm. makes uh, he makes laughs for white people. He makes comedy for uh, white people specifically at the cost of black women. And so there's been a history of that. Right. And so yeah. a lot of wh- black women especially feel very strongly about it. And obviously that's their feeling. That's their experience. And that's their truth is that they feel yeah. that that they are often the butt of that joke. You know, he talked about Meghan Markle and all that stuff. So like, yeah, I, I also feel like and then obviously the Jada stuff, like I feel like that's that's still him him saying at the end you know i was raised not to to fight in front of of, of white people it's still kind mm-hmm. of for a lot of black women it kind of puts the you know the exclamation point on the point that they've been making which is that's your audience like you are very aware of your audience being white people. And I think that there's two ways to think about it. I think that there is a way to think about it, which is, of course, the audience is white people because we live in a white supremacist world. White people are the majority. It is the truth. And so that is is part of his, I I guess, his comedy or his art, whatever. Um, And the other part of it is, but you don't have to do that anymore because you're Chris Rock. Like, you don't have to... You've earned your place now. You don't have to keep coming after black women in order to get laughs anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And part of that is like, we don't have time for it, but there you have to like unpack a lot of like your own internalized misogyny, your own, own internalized misogynoir, which is your internalized like misogyny against black women. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff to unpack there. And I feel like maybe talking about his daughters and talking about his mom was to kind of like, to cushion that, to say, like, I'm not coming after black women Alex. because here's yeah. the black women that I love, right? But it's another one of those things, like, just because you have a woman that you love doesn't mean that you don't dislike women. Like, it's yeah. n- those two things don't necessarily, like, you know, uh, work in the same equation or whatever. But, um, yeah, it just, honestly, at the end of it, it made me sad because I was like, man, I think that I have outgrown Chris Rock. I so I don't think that I've outgrown Chris Rock because as I was watching and I was also like, um, you know, this is the reason why Chris Rock is Chris Rock. There's a lot of different things in there where I was like, wow, that's amazing. Right? Yeah. The, the thing, again, that stands out is the stuff about his mom and his daughter and stuff like that. Like that right. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's again, it's it can be looked at as cushioning. It could be looked at as him trying to better explain himself, like as a man and as a black man and all this other stuff. And then, you know, there's a part of it, which is you know, this conversation is weird for us to have. Right. Or it may not even be appropriate for us to have yeah, because yeah. we're talking about two black men and we're not black. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's just there's a limit to how much I think we can comment on, on all this stuff. But it just at this point, I'm just like, uh, well, I hope it's done. I, yeah, I doubt let's, that it's done. Yeah, but I hope. But yeah, I, I still think it's going to be around. Uh, I, I yeah. hope there aren't any more rounds of this stuff. But yeah, eh. meh. Um, okay, now you are you abreast to the Vanderpump Rules drama that has been going on? 
Uh, shamefully, I've only seen the stuff on the New York Post because I read the New York Post every day. <laughs> like the trash that I am. By the way, it's everywhere. I mean, yeah. the Times, everywhere. Imagine, yes. okay, real. Imagine cheating on your partner of nine years so yeah. badly, so publicly that the New York Times does an article about you. I mean, is that something that you think that you would strive for? <laughs> I mean, so here, as a non-reality TV watcher, right? Mm -hmm. My first question to you is, do you buy that this is all, like everything that you are seeing is exactly how it happened or that there is some manipulation behind the scenes? There is so much manipulation behind the scenes, <laughs> but it's not manipulation behind the scenes to... Uh, protect anybody except for the cheater cheaters pumpkin eaters like i don't okay. think that there is i think so this season there's a, not, a lot of manipulation where well, i think i told you before tom shorts mm -hmm. is the one this season who has a storyline with raquel because yeah. tom shorts is getting a divorce with katie and yeah. raquel decides to make out with time tom shorts after being told that Katie would not like that. And Katie specifically saying, I'm not okay with that, right? Mm -hmm. Raquel does it anyway. Now, the rumor is that a lot of people think that at this point, the, the, the affair was already going on between Sandoval and Raquel, and that Raquel and Sandoval came up with this in order to divert the attention from actually what they were, those two were actually Ooh. doing. And Schwartz being the spineless, let me listen, if there is a worm tail, if there is a Peter Pettigrew <laughs> on reality TV, it is fucking Tom Schwartz. He's a piece of shit. He would do that for Tom Sandoval. Like, these are people who, like, grew up together, went to Hollywood as, like, mm -hmm. teenagers to become actors and models. Like, they have seen some shit. They've seen each yeah. other do some shit. They've done some drugs. Like, they've done horrible horrible things together these guys like tom tom and, and jacks so i feel like schwartz like sandoval has all of schwartz's skeletons and he was like you got to do this for me so i feel like that's the manipulation that's happening but my god what an electric time to be a bravo fan because real um, the story as... has so wait by the way so i recorded an episode with our cousin aisha last week mm-hmm before I went on vacation, because I was like, I got to do an emergency drop. You haven't listened to it? What a piece of shit. You would love it. Ever since then, so much new stuff has come out. Raquel, by the way, Raquel, real name is Rachel. Raquel <laughs> is, uh, Raquel has pressed charges against Sheena, saying that Sheena punched her. Okay. A bunch of Raquel's then friends, her own friends came out on the internet and said, Raquel, we've stood by you enough, and now you, oh. you've you pushed us too far. We, You know that the shit that you're saying about Sheena hitting you is wrong. Because then they posted a bunch of video uh, pictures of Raquel with a black eye from way before the incident that she's saying Sheena gave her a black eye. I mean, my God. Like, that stuff is coming. Like, there's so much stuff. There is a restraining order. There is all this, like, crazy stuff. Sandoval's put out like multiple statements. Raquel put out a statement. Raquel's statement is that she's addicted to bad behavior. She's addicted to the feeling of like wanting to be loved and validation. And that's why she's going down this slippery path. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's like class. It's like 
this is it's classic Vanderpump rules, but now with social media. Because when we were first watching Vanderpump rules, there was no social media. We did not know Mm -hmm. that Stasi was going to find out that Kristen slept with Jax while Tom Sandoval slept in the next room and then lied about it for multiple years. And then Stasi was going to backhand Kristen. Like we didn't know that that was going to happen. That shit rolled out on TV, right? So anyway, it's exciting. It's amazing. <laughs> it's the best thing that's happened to us in months, years. Uh, my observation as an outside observer is just I just look at pictures of these ladies, right? Yeah. And I don't get it. Like they look exactly the same. They have the same no. like. It's, no. I mean, listen, no. one is Ariana obviously one Rick is Kelly. younger. Yeah. What is younger? One is I think one is taller. I'm not sure which one is which. But like they both have like the same like featureless white gorgeous. lady face of like <laughs> it looks like 30 girls I went to high school with. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> why are you cheating? You know? Well, Raquel, Raquel is significantly younger than Ariana. Yeah. Great, but so, like in the pictures, they look exactly the same. I know, but like, look classic, like the same person. classic almost 40-year-old man shit, right? Like Okay, yeah. it's time for me to upgrade to a new model. That's it. No, you uh, said that but... you had something. Well, yes, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, nothing. Nothing else to add. You said that you had something to add about Erica Jane? Yes. <laughs> so on Friday night, uh-huh. I was uh, watching uh, CNBC. Uh-huh. And... Uh, there was an episode of a show called American Greed. Have you ever watched American Greed? <laughs> no. American Greed like is about like these scam artists and all these mm-hmm. terrible people like that, like billionaires, yeah. like you know, mm-hmm. all Ponzi scheme guys and all this other stuff. And they had an episode mm-hmm. about your girl, Erica Jane, and her Not husband, my girl, but yeah, Tom mm-hmm. Tom Girardi. Yeah, and they are terrible people. Both of them. Big, big, big bad guys. Real bad. big, big bad. And Erica's still on the show. She's still on. That was going to be my Hill. question. She's still on? Real. Not only is she on, but every, like, the last two seasons, multiple cast members have tried to be like, Erica, why? Because, so her whole thing was her defenses, real, how a rolled out on TV was, she. Uh, came on and was like, oh, there's all this stuff. Like, you know, we've been in the pandemic and Tom and I are closer than ever and blah, blah, blah. Suddenly files for divorce. Mm-hmm. Then like later that week, it's a week. She files for divorce the week of the election, the 2020 election. So it's kind of like hidden in those headlines. And then mm-hmm. later that week, I think there is an article that comes out for a LA times article that does like an entire deep dive into what's going on with Girardi keys and Erica Jane's involvement. Because the whole thing is that he was scamming orphans and widows and using this money to, you know, uh, to pay for his wife's extravagant lifestyle that she was flaunting on television. Right. So Erica's thing was, no, I got a divorce because, you know, Tom is a horrible person and blah, blah, blah. And I was in a loveless marriage. And then they added like a dementia level layer to it that Tom has yeah. dementia and he's not able to do anything, which like really fucked everything up. And she's been on for two seasons and she swears to God that she was scammed and she's owed money too. Like she basically is trying to rope herself in as one of the people that deserves a payout 
from Tom Girardi because she is also a victim in all this by being married to this like scam artist man that she didn't know about any of it. It's like, bitch, shut the fuck up. Because the other problem is all the things that he bought her, Mm -hmm. the courts are like, okay, well, you need to give it back and we will use that money to pay for the victims. She's appealing it. She's like fighting it. She's in court fighting it for them to not take away her jewelry and shit. She's a terrible person. She should not be on television. She should not be on television. And I don't, I think the only reason she is still on Beverly Hills is because truly I don't think that there is a lot of other stuff going on that people are willing to talk about. Like, I don't think that there's anything like that exciting going on between those women and they're not yeah. willing to talk about it. It's not like Jersey or Potomac or Atlanta or even New York where they're like willing to like let their guard down and talk. It's Hollywood. So they're a lot more guarded in what they actually choose to talk about. So they need to have somebody on the show who they can talk about. Like it used to be Lisa Vanderpump. Then it was Yolanda. And then Brandy was on for a little while. Um but now it's sort of like, I think that's why they keep Erica on. Because without Erica, they have nothing else to talk about. Do you also know about Jen Shah? Yeah, you tell me. That's a Mormon yeah. lady, right? Or the Utah she, lady? She's a Muslim lady, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, she just uh, checked into prison last month. And now recently she's been doing these like journals, these daily journal entries. And her husband is going on her Instagram and making videos of himself reading her journal entries he posted when it was nine fucking minutes nine minutes nobody cares your lit your wife is a horrible horrible person like nobody wants to see this but people are there it is you know maybe the internet not for everybody no uh i can't believe she's still erica's still on uh because that's what i was like oh I, i didn't know that she went to prison because that's what i figured happened as i was watching this show like, as I was watching American Greed, I'm like, oh, she must be in trouble. No. And then I Googled afterwards, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, she's not just out. She's, no, oh she's God. not in prison. She did not get arrested for anything. She's, she's, uh, her husband has been, like, disbarred. He's yeah, had, like, all his money show. taken away, all this stuff. But for, like, the last two seasons, she's basically been working up all these different storylines that are supposed to make us feel bad for her and supposed to make mm-hmm. us feel bad for Tom. Like, it's just a lot of nothing she says is true. It's all very confusing. Like, I think that she's kind of going with the same angle that Jen Shaw went in with, which is that, oh, what we show on television is just for television and it's editing and it's all this stuff. Like, it's not actually real. So you can't actually, like, use that against me. It's like, no, we're all, we're, it's, it needs to be used against you, you know? Yeah. I was wondering about that. Like, so is it, has it changed the way that you look at these broads? Like, has it, (laughs) these ladies, these lovely ladies, no, like, these dames, a a big part, a big part of the, like, the appeal of this show, and I guess this is the appeal of a lot of things in culture, right, is the fact that people live these like ridiculously fabulous lives where it's it's actually stupid the way that people are living. Like to spend mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like $150,000 on a car is a very normal thing for a lot of people. Yeah. But it is, it is also like illogical and it's stupid. It's a mm-hmm. stupid thing to do. 
Do you think that like spending that kind of money already says that you are an evil person or do you like forgive it? Like, has it changed the way? Because a big part of, from what I recall of seeing Erica, this is like 10 years ago, right? Yeah. A, a big part of her appeal was that she was like unabashedly like fabulous and like yeah. spending money. And it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. who gives a shit? She earned, you know, her husband earned that money. She's married she to a, a song, wealthy guy. She, she had a song get... called It's Expensive to Be Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then another Should song called How Many How Many Fucks Do I Give? None. Not one. Zero. 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 That's the song. What is uh, what's <laughs> Luann's song? Money Can't Buy You Class. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. She also has another one called Chic Say Lovey. And another one called What Do I Want for Christmas? It's You. (laughs) I think I would allow What Do I Want for Christmas? It's You. I think that passes my moral test. I think Chic Celebi has to pass everybody. So that just sounds like a wonderful time. Say bon. Say bon. Yes. Look at that. Look at all that. Those French travels paid off for you. Any French I know is from the Countess, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, Erica, yeah, like I I think that she's I think that when anybody comes on television and has a lot of money to flash, I mm-hmm. my my like red flag feelers go all the way up. Same thing happened with uh Jen Shah. She came and talked about her money. Teresa came and talked about how her husband pays paid for their whole brand new house with the disgusting angel wings in cash. Like all that stuff is not good. And so like Aisha and I had this similar conversation about like Tom Sandoval, which is like you are openly having an, you are secretly having an affair for seven months and you think that you are so fucking smart that you Mm -hmm. are choosing to still be on reality TV and try to cover it up. Like, how do you have that kind of audacity? And I think that yeah. for a lot of people like this, I think that when you are just when you've lived your entire life, like scamming people, I think mm-hmm. that you think that you're like never going to get caught. So the yeah. easy so so your greed and your like narcissism brings you to television to be like, oh, let me now flash it and get more attention for how amazing I am. And then you get caught because nobody is nobody is you know gonna fly under the radar like that like eventually everybody people are gonna catch catch up to you anybody who comes on a housewife show or any show and that has so much money to to spend i'm like bravo i think invests in those people they're like let's keep this person on for as long as possible because this house of card is going to fall apart there's a lady (laughs) in miami her name is dr nicole martin she's lovely she's an anesthesiologist she's great her husband, Anthony, I'm not sure what he does, but he has a lot of money. He has a PJ and he has a yacht. Like he's mm. just richer than rich. He has a garage that's like has millions of dollars worth of cars and he's yeah. a lawyer. And I'm like, okay, this is an invest. <laughs> this is a long term investment Bravo's making. Anytime there's like a plastic surgeon with a hot wife, Bravo's yeah. like, we're keeping you on camera because one day there's going to be a divorce. Yeah, and, and something's to gonna fall it. apart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My God, that's also yeah, I was why about the... The... yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was gonna say that's why the Tom Sandoval stuff is so sad because 
it just felt like we didn't see it coming. But now that we're watching, oh. we're like, we should have seen it coming. Oh, no, you sound heartbroken. I'm heartbroken for Ariana. She's like the oh. best person on Bravo. But like, okay, I I can give you that. Sure, she may be the best person on Bravo, but she was with this piece of shit for like nine years. Truly right? shock, confusing to, and it was one of those things where I was like, maybe he's not a bad guy because Ariana is with him. So he has mm-hmm. to be, there has to be something good about him, right? Which is yeah. why I, the, the only the only thing about him that was good truly was Ariana. So the fact that he fucked this up is like, all right, well, you were, you were an actual piece of shit. All right, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about rich people. Yeah. Um, No, because like, I think there's a level of richness. I think in my head, I'm like, I don't know. There must be something wrong. Like I was thinking about like that Murdoch case again. Like, like, (laughs) it gives me like the creeps. Right. But then I'm like, so this guy murdered his wife and his son. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's not. We know that's probably not the first crime that that family has committed, right? You don't get to be that rich and powerful. Yes. I feel like any time somebody is like, even like the Jen Shaw stuff or like the Erica stuff or like even Tom Sandoval getting caught with Raquel, like I don't think these are the first time these people did something Mm -hmm. bad. It's just the first time they got caught doing something bad but they've been doing bad stuff for a really long time and so that's why they got to the point where they were in the public eye or like you know making themselves like public figures and still continuing to be bad amazing i don't know it's it's depressing it is depressing huh but Mm -hmm. you know um the jet lag is kicking in (laughs) Do you ever, when you're, you haven't flown in a little while, but like, Mm -hmm. like last year when we went to San Francisco together, like, do you sometimes have that thing when you get off a flight and then like you're home and then you're sitting in a place and you, the ground still feels like it's moving, like you're on a plane? Uh, No, I have no idea what the fuck you're describing. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's me right now. (laughs) Uh boy, you sound very tired. But you know what? I'm and you here, look I'm exhausted. <laughs> you look like dog shit. You look like you've been traveling with a lot of people with a lot of feelings and a lot of needs in bad weather and paying way too much money for it. I was gonna ask, did you sail back? <laughs> you look like you sailed back. <laughs> you look seasick we- for somebody who's been on a plane. <laughs> it uh, felt like I was gone for years, honestly. But I'm glad to be oh. back. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad to have you back, buddy. Disgusting. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>